0: Welcome to Bioethics in the Margins. We are a group of bioethicists from different institutions across the country. This podcast represents our views and those of our guests, but we do not speak for our universities or medical centers, nor for any formalized bioethics organizations. Our mission is to bring marginalized topics and voices into the bioethics discourse. This podcast is hosted by Dr. Amelia Barwise, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Biomedical Ethics at the Mayo Clinic and Dr. Kirk Johnson, Assistant Professor of Justice Studies and Medical Humanities at Montclair State University. Please enjoy this conversation.
1: Today, we're going to be exploring um, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders living in the era of COVID-19.
2: And our speaker today, which we're so excited, is Dr. Kijo Choi, also known as Dr. KC Choi, Professor and Chair of the Department of Religion at Seton Hall University. Dr. Choi is the co-director of the medical humanities minor at Seton Hall University, a member of the editorial board of the Journal of the Society of Christian Ethics, the Alumni Advisory Board of Yale University Divinity School, elected as vice chair 2011 through 2012 school year, and the advisory board of the Ethics Institute at Kent Place school in Summit, New Jersey.
1: He's also been a past co-convener of the Asian American Ethics Working Group of the Society of Christian Ethics and the Religion and Society section of the College Theology Society. And currently, Dr. Choi serves on the grants jury for the American Academy of Religion and the Board of Directors of the Society of Christian Ethics. Dr. Choi, welcome to the show.
3: Great. Thank you very much for having me.
1: So can you give us a bit of an outline of your work as well as about your book, uh, Discipline by Race, Theological Ethics and the Problem of Asian American Identity, which I I did read, and it was absolutely wonderful. You
3: spent your time reading that book. Um, That's very kind of you. (laughs) So um, again, thank you for um, inviting me to this. And um, just to give you a sense of of my work, um, uh, it's actually, my my work parallels, or it's on two tracks. I'm currently writing a, a, a new book on um, the role that aesthetics or art plays in the formation and um, and uh, malformation, if you will, um, of communities, and um, that work is uh, pertains to my longstanding interest in um, in the way in which um, we make moral decisions, why we make um, the kind of decisions that we do, what impacts um, the the psychology of, of moral discernment, um, things things along along those lines. Um, which is, in some respects, very different from the other kind of work that, that um, I've been doing for quite some time in the area of Asian American theology and ethics um, and the political morality of race. And the book that you just referenced um, is um, uh, directly tied to that second area or second trajectory of my recent work, where um, what I'm trying to do in this book is to get um, it, to encourage um, um, theologians, particularly Christian theologians and Christian ethicists, um, to pay uh, more attention to Asian American experience uh, as a methodological source for thinking um, about a number of, of theological and ethical issues. Um, just for those who um, may be listening and, and are unfamiliar with the terrain of, of contemporary theology and um, and. and Theological ethics or religious ethics, um, in terms of um, theological discourse uh, from the margins, um, Black theology and Latinx theology is perhaps um, the most familiar uh, in the in the field of, of religious studies and, and theological studies. Um, the 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 work of Asian American theologians, specifically Asian American theologians and ethicists who are focusing on Asian American experience is um, relatively less known, and it hasn't had the kind of um, public um, uh, uh, awareness, if you will, um, as Black theology and Latinx theology. So uh, my book is um, one um, of a growing number of attempts at trying to elevate the importance of Asian American experience for um, the theological and ethical enterprise. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot more detail to to the book, but that's generally um, where that book is coming from.
1: So I did recently attend a a webinar uh, by the Kaiser Family Foundation, Asian Immigrant Experiences with Racism, Immigration-Related Fears and COVID-19 Pandemic. And a lot of things struck me Um, Asian-American, Pacific Islander, racial category is obviously very diverse. I think there are about 50 ethnicities uh, and over 100 languages spoken. um, And a third of those people have limited English proficiency and about 70% are are recent immigrants. You highlight this in your book as well. And the issue with unintentionally or deliberately associating AIPI populations with this model minority Um, who are very well educated and thriving from a socioeconomic standpoint. So this kind of leads us to overlook a lot of other AAPI groups um, who may be struggling, um, particularly during this pandemic. And I think there's been a lot more attention paid to um, African-Americans and Hispanic populations and the disparities in outcomes with COVID. But in fact, there have been very high mortality rates in the AAPI population as well, Um, and some of the speakers in that webinar described AAPI populations being blamed and ignored um, during this pandemic. Um, so based on your work that you've obviously been doing for a long time before this, um do you think are you surprised that AAPI populations have been overlooked and or experienced these challenges? Over the last uh, few mo- eighteen months. I oh think, yeah, absolutely. Or I mean, my months. entire
3: I, my my book, Discipline My Races, is a, if you will, um, imploring um, uh, my fellow theologians and, and ethicists to to recognize um, um, Asian American experience and identity, uh, and to to recognize that Asian American experience is um, is real, that it's it's complex, and that it has. Um, a great deal um, to offer in terms of how we think about uh, a number of issues, everything from um, I mean you know uh, traditional theological um, issues to questions in social ethics, um, a, a variety of questions in social ethics. So I, i'm not I'm not surprised at all that Asian Americans are have been overlooked, that our experiences have been overlooked um, during this pandemic because that is that has been par for the course for Asian Americans and um, to some extent i think uh, you know th- this year has been interesting because it has been um, somewhat of an awakening for um, uh, many within the A- asian american api community as well as those outside about the c- uh, complex and diverse contours of, A- of asian americans but at the same time um, that awakening i think has is being undercut or mitigating by the historical um, um, uh, misrecognition and even just overlooking of Asian Americans. So um, there's a lot of talk right now, I think, uh, about how this might be a turning point uh, for Asian American recognition. I'm I'm one of these, I'm not so optimistic about that. Um, It's hard to overturn the historical um, overlooking of Asian Americans um, um, within an 18-month time frame. You know, that's. Uh, I think that would be extraordinary if somehow the the negative history that Asian Americans have experienced have has. You know, all of a sudden, um, you know, just because um, of the short period of time, people have changed their minds. And, and I'm not. I'm not entirely sure about that right now.
2: Very interesting. Um... And this exposure that you're talking about of, of, of issues within the AAPI community that has been, uh, of course, there historically for since forever, uh, but now, as you said, the past 18 months, uh, more individuals, our society is more open in actually being more um, aware of these particular issues and the diversity within the AAPI community as well. Um, I'm curious in uh, your understanding of, of these complexities within this particular community. Uh, we know, obviously, it made national headlines uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, violent attacks, whether physical, cyber, or um, um, verbal attacks of Asians in specific islanders. And do you think that there are connections between this and disease? Um, an example will be, it's the AAPI community's fault. That we have COVID nineteen, right? These connections and links between uh, race and the understanding that race is connected uh, to do, to disease. So, do you think that there are connections between these uh, two elements? And if so, uh, what are some of these connections you think? Um, and also, what are the misconceptions you think about the connections between uh, the understandings of race? The relationship and disease? between
3: race and disease for Asian Americans. Um, I, you know, I would say maybe if if we can just back up a little bit and and say that um it certainly i think is the case that asian americans um have been the have been on the receiving end of violence and um and, and racist discourse during the pandemic because of the pandemic so um again you know i, I think we're all familiar with the political rhetoric um that um has been circulating um, quite um, powerfully um, in the past um, year and a half or so. You know, um, I, these are terms that I try not to repeat, but you know, it's hard. It's hard to talk about this. It's hard not to use these terms to at least um, have a sense of what's going on. But right, the the kung flu, China virus, and all that sort of stuff. Um, certainly, that I'm not going to dispute that that has played an important role um, in in um, increasing um, racist rhetoric, um, uh, epithets, and, and 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 physical violence against Asian Americans. So that that is real. What I do, however, um, the 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 narrative that I do find somewhat problematic is that uh, the racism that Asian Americans have been experiencing in the past eighteen months during this pandemic is simply because of the pandemic. So this is what I was um, alluding to earlier. The kind of racism that Asian Americans have been experiencing during the pandemic um, is is a heightened version of the kind of, of racism that Asian Americans have been experiencing for quite some time. Um, and they're not. It's not necessarily tied to disease. It's it's tied to the fact that Asian Americans have been for um, for for decades, if not you know since at least um, you know. The, the relative early days of of the American Republic, um, pegged as as this foreign invader, right? Um, and so, um, you know, the the kind of racism that Asian Americans um, are experiencing now, um, I, I, the you know the way I the way I think about it is that it's it's really a larger it's it's a magnified um, amplified version of the kind of racist discourse and violence that Asian Americans have experienced um, um, throughout um, their time here um, in the United States. So so yes, you know it is true that today um, the the experience of Asian Americans is tied to disease. Um, but the the experience of Asian Americans, the racism that Asian Americans have experienced, has been tied to has has been a, a recurring pattern throughout uh, American history, and it's 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 tied to a number of things that um, non Asian Americans um, have have had um, complaints about. So, in other words, um, the reality of racial scapegoating is an integral part of Asian American experience, and. Um, you know, we you see this with in the 1980s um, when uh, with the rise of Japan, particularly um, the rise of Japanese industry and in the um, displacement of American auto manufacturing, right? The famous um, um, case of Vincent Chin, who was um, um, beaten by um, a group of of of, of white um, um, uh, white men. Um, I, the details. Um, uh, to be precise, uh, well, I'm not going to be able to be super precise because my my ability for historical detail is is, is somewhat shoddy. But um, in Detroit um, in the mid 1980s, um, he was beaten and he was blamed for the um, rise of um, Japanese um, auto industry. Um, but, but Vincent Chen was Chinese, right? I mean this is kind of the, the uh, kind of the ridiculousness of, of all of this. Um, so he's one um, recent right um, example of Asian Americans being blamed, and again, this is not about the z. This is just about the fact that somehow Asian Americans are are being blamed for a problem that that the the general American population is experiencing at that time, right? Uh, but again, this goes all the way back. I mean, if you you know the the, the Chinese Exclusion Act, which is the first um, anti um, um, Chinese um, immigration act of 1882. Is a response to this idea that somehow, um, at the time in the mid 1800s, um, late 1800s, that Chinese who are coming to the United States are displacing um, 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 white Americans from from particular uh, industries or particular um, jobs. So, this idea of trying to to um, racially stigmatize and, and and a step further getting rid of them, right, outside, getting rid of um, Chinese, outs- uh, getting, pushing them back out, if you will, um, is is because of uh, particular socioeconomic um, pressures that certain populations are facing. So um, this is a, a very long um, response to your question, Kirk, but again, I see this moment, this past year, as simply another instance, um, a, an amplified instance um, of the kind of, of racism that Asian Americans have experienced throughout American history. Um, and typically, that racism is a function of a kind of racial um, scapegoating, uh, trying to blame Asian Americans for um, a, a particular kind of social ill that, um, that particular uh, segments of the population, if not the country um, uh, more generally, is experiencing.
2: Very interesting, because I know that, um, Amelia, I know that we actually had these conversations about um, what is the historical root of all this? And you actually that was actually our our next previous qu- uh, question that we was going to actually follow up. I know Amelia was uh, mentioning that earlier um, regarding <laughs> the the crux of our American society is always blaming the other. Right. Always blaming, you know, the immigrants, if you will. And I know that my colleague Amelia actually had a question regarding undocumented uh um, immigrants and, and how that is connected to health, as all, all of the things that we're talking about. So, Amelia, um, your question? So,
1: you're I think you're obviously there's this intolerance and racism in the background. And then, as you say, something like COVID arrives, and that almost makes people feel they can sort of give voice to some sort of sentiments they have. And uh, maybe some of those feelings come out more in the open. Um, especially when they hear leaders kind of using these phrases. Um, Do you think, though, it's because, as you said in your book, um, some Asians, they've got this sort of insider status. They've kind of um, been very successful. Um, Or do you think some of the um, sort of intolerance is related more to anti-immigration feeling? Uh, towards API populations or is it just just um, kind of uh, xenophobia I suppose
3: yeah so uh, this is I mean there is there's a level of complexity here um, and um, it, it's it's not easily I think um, describable in in short snippets so I'll try my best here but um, you you know, you're right to use the term xenophobia. It's it's um, and, and the way I think of it, it, it's a racist xenophobia that that is a um, recurring uh, feature of Asian American um, experience, and that's part of the the dynamic of racial scapegoating that Asian Americans um, have experienced um, um, historically speaking. One of the questions that that um, fa- that, that I'm interested in, uh, that fascinates me. I, I, I don't know if fascinates the right word because it almost makes it sound like I don't have a personal stake in this. I do have a personal stake in this because, um, uh, because of the way I look and and, and my own personal, um, experience and in history. But what, what interests me is why is this historical reality? Why is, why is the, the, why are the contours of Asian American experience, particularly the kind of racist xenophobia, the the sca- racial scapegoating that we experience, why why does that seem to not be um, something that um, the general public is aware of, and specifically um, many Asian Americans don't seem to be aware of, uh, even if we've experienced it? I, I think to some extent, um, trying to to um, wrap our heads around what that means is something that asian americans i think have been doing a lot more of in the past year but generally speaking even um you know the the racism um against asian americans is something that even asian americans i think have been somewhat um, reluctant to confront or even notice and so my question one of the um, questions that drives a lot of my work um, particularly in the book um, discipline by race uh, but just generally speaking is why, why do even Asian Americans overlook this, right? Overlook our own selves, if you will. And to some extent, um, I, I don't think we can understand that um, unless we spend some time thinking about um, the model minority trope, the model minority myth. And um, I think in in the, in popular media, in particularly in um, in mainstream media. Um, you know, the model minority myth is just sort of thrown out there as as a possible um, uh, factor. It uh, it just it just pertains to um, Asian Americans. You know, because, uh, success. There's so many Asian Americans who are, you know, who have gone to Ivy League schools and and and, and what have you. Um, but to some extent, when when we think about the model minority trope simply as that, um, I think we miss the 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 kind of power or the kind of, um, dynamic that the model minority, um, trope, um, plays in American society and the kind of hold it has on, um, particularly the Asian American community. So, um, you know, in my book, um, I I do try to, to show how, um, the model minority trope, um, it, it plays, it plays, uh, you know, a lot of roles, but, it has, in, to some extent, um, led to some Asian Americans to think that the way in which we, um, we flourish in American society is by um, holding on to um, the, the model minority myth and in some ways perpetuating it. Um, whether, whether it's intentional or not, I, I'm not interested in that, but I'm just interested in the way that this all pans out. Right. So there are certainly, I think, Asian Americans out there who who um, are somewhat cool to the idea that racism is a um, is a major factor in Asian American life um, because they they, you know, and, and I've done this, too. So I'm not you know, I, I, I can't sort of absolve myself, um, you know. A segment of us have have tried to um, show the public that you know Asian Americans are successful, Asian Americans are um, capable of of all sorts of professional achievements, and and that we're meritorious, right? And and that um, has has been adopted as a way of trying to um, insulate us from any possible sort of racial animus. Um, but also as a way of trying to prove that we belong here, just as en- as much as anyone else, right? The pro- and and to some extent, this has been also embraced by non-Asian Americans, right? Um, so you have um, plenty of non-Asian Americans who um, have also bought into the uh, model minority trope. And when they see Asian Americans, the only thing that they see is Asian Americans are right. They go, um, this is very New York centric of me. They go to Stuyvesant, they go to, you know, Ivy league schools, they become doctors or, you know, um, lawyers or, or what have you. Right. The problem, however, is that when Asian Americans are only seen that way, or when Asian Americans wittingly or unwillingly perpetuate, um, that, that image of, of, of ourselves is is then that it completely, if you will, um, um, covers up um, the, the reality of so many Asian-Americans on the ground. So um, what I try to do a lot in my book and, and in, in my various writings um, um, these days is to say that when we talk about Asian-Americans, um, it's really important to keep in mind that Asian-Americans are not a monolith, right? Um, Asian Americans are diverse, but, but again, I'm always a little reluctant to say that Asian Americans are diverse because when, when I say that, um, in the public imagination, I think the first thing that uh, many people think about is, oh, you know, well, they're just a lot of different kinds of Asian Americans, right? And they eat different kinds of food. But when I, what I mean by diverse is that yes, all of that is true. We are diverse culturally, but we're also extremely diverse socioeconomically. you know, when we talk when we talk about poverty in America, Asian Americans are often not part of that conversation, um, which is unfortunate because poverty is a uh, deeply entrenched reality for a large segment of the Asian American population. Um, and again, that's often missed because the model minority trope is what defines who Asian Americans are. And again, and, may- and many Asian Americans, I think, have been complicit in this, wittingly or not. In perpetuating that trope, but the fact of the matter is, is that Asian Americans are not as successful as as everybody um, wants to claim um, or want you know think they are. So uh, just to give you an example, in New York City, right, um, uh, the twenty um, so Asian Americans um, experience a twenty five percent poverty rate, which is which is the highest poverty rate of any. Um, community in 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 New York City, um, and again, this is not to diminish the you know the the reality of poverty for other um, communities in New York City because those realities are just as real um, and in some cases even more profound. But the point here is right um, the because. Asian Americans have been misrecognized for so long, and because of that misrecognition, is fueled by the model minority myth, on all sides. um, the The socioeconomic sufferings of Asian Americans are completely missed, and this is particularly important when it comes to to health and medicine, uh, because um, you know the 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 idea that Asian Americans are somehow Suffering um, uh, during this pandemic is, I think, kind of this surprising idea for a lot of folks who are um, who are trying to understand what's going on during this pandemic. Right. So when I when I share with um, colleagues and 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 others that um, that in New York City, for example. Um, uh, Let me make sure if I get this um, correct, uh, Did I get this correct. The um, one recent study, I think a a study that was published in December, um, it showed that um, South Asian um, Americans, um, those from uh, India and and so forth, um, had the second highest um, positivity, COVID positivity rate um, in New York during this pandemic um the and that's um, only second to um, the Latinx community in New York City. Um, in um, the the mortality rate, um, Chinese Americans um, in New York City had the highest mortality rate um, in, um, in New York City at least as of December um, 2020 during this pandemic. Um, you know, it, and in many respects, uh, particularly a mortality rate, that's tied to, um, the kind of uh, poverty and socioeconomic um, 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 sufferings that um, Asian American communities experience. So all of this is tied together, but I really can't talk about this with uh, unless we have a clear sense of the kind of role that um, the model minority myth has played. I, I realize I've been going on here for a very long time, but this is it's, it's a very complex issue, and it's very hard to um, to um, talk about it in in just a few short sentences.
2: No, uh, absolutely. It is a complex issue. And uh, you mentioned a lot of different um, areas, which we, of course, call the social determinants of health, uh, social determinants that uh, result in uh, either poor or um, good health outcomes. And you mentioned a lot of the poor um, health outcomes in the AAPI community. Um, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Number one, the economic disparities, uh, living up to this uh, perceived model minority, this trope that you talked about, um, while simultaneously trying to survive a pandemic, right? And all of these layers of of psychological stressors. And my question is, is regarding the mental health, regarding AAPI community. So do you think that COVID-19, um, and you hinted hint on it a little bit, uh, but do you think that the COVID nineteen pandemic um, has impacted Asians and specific islanders' mental health? And if so, in what particular ways? That's a great question, Kirk. Uh,
3: it has. Um, uh, well, let me put it this way: I'm sure it has, <laughs> just as it has um, impacted um, all communities, right? And and let me just say, you know, before I say more about that. Um, you know, mental health issues, um, are prominent, um, have been prominent in, um, in Asian American communities prior to the pandemic too. Um, um Absolutely. and, and, and I'm sure that it's, it's impacting Asian Americans, um, um, during the pandemic as well. The, the problem, however, is it's twofold. Uh, this comes back to the model minority myth, um, this idea that Asian Americans, um, um, because they're model minorities, uh, because they're successful and they've made it, um, they're affluent, um, right? And and it's really hard not to talk about, you know, think about model minority myth um, you know, along with, um, you know, the movie Crazy Rich Asian, because I think that's you know the, that's that's what you know, and that's what drives me crazy about that movie too. I mean, it's you know it's a it's a fun movie, but it, it only perpetuates this this model minority um, uh, uh, vision, if you will. But the model minority myth. Um, I think makes it difficult to, to, to acknowledge and perhaps even believe that Asian Americans um, have um, experienced um, real mental uh, health issues, um, but Asian Americans do. Um, and secondly, the, the second issue that's, that, that plays into this is that um, Asian Americans, generally speaking, have been quite reluctant to talk about their mental health um, issues, right? Their emotional um, issues. Um, you, know, you know, earlier I said Asian Americans are are not. Uh, you know, we're not a monolith, but to some extent, there are. I think certain things that um, that are that are common features throughout Asian American communities. And one I would certainly say is a common cultural feature is this sense of. Of being stoic, um, of keeping, um, you know, your problems to yourself because you don't want to be a burden to others, um, things of that sort. Um, and so, um, you know, that's the second factor playing into um, to the mental health issue for Asian Americans is that um, there is, I think, um, a tendency for Asian Americans not wanting to talk about this out loud, um, and um, and that that contributes to um, a, a, um, Asian Americans being reluctant to reach out to healthcare professionals, um, about their, about their mental health. Um, but yeah, but this is, this is an important issue. Um, and I'm glad that you raised it because, um, whether it's in the pandemic or not, um, you know, one thing that I think we often don't, um, um, recognize or acknowledge enough, particularly um, in in the media, is that uh, suicide is a big, big problem um, in um, certain sectors of the Asian American community, uh, particularly among Asian American youth. Um, And I think if this pandemic leads Asian Americans to be more um, upfront about um, their own experiences and are willing to reach out to um, friends and families, um, family members, and and particularly um, um, uh, medical professionals to talk about our emotional well-being and our mental health, then I think, you know, there's not a lot of positive, you know, there's not a lot of silver linings to this pandemic, but maybe maybe we can find, you know, a small silver lining (laughs) in that. Right.
1: So many researchers are, you know, talking about disaggregating data around AAPI. Um, I mean, I think originally during the pandemic, um, AAPI was classified as other, but even, so once you get that data, even um, there's a need to, to look at it closely, as you say, because it's a diverse group. Um, But beyond measuring and documenting disparities or health inequity, what other things do you think would be helpful to solve some of these issues?
3: Yeah, and that's the hard part. (laughs) Um, You know, trying to figure out... um, Well, I I will say this. I think um, right now um, we... I think more and more Asian American um, scholars, um, whether that's in the theological um, disciplines or um, or or outside of the theological disciplines, um, we certainly need to um, do more work, um, um, more extensive work, in unpacking the contours um, of Asian American experience and the particularly the the social uh, variables and dynamics that um, that help define um, the Asian American experience. So so I see my work as contributing to that. Um, there are plenty of other um, Asian American scholars out there, particularly in in history and cultural studies and um, uh, in um, Asian American studies who are doing that, uh, but we need to do more of that. And we need to bring that, I think, to the um general population. Um, and we also need to bring that to uh, the Asian American communities uh, to which we belong. Uh, because I think uh, self-education is just as important. Like I said, I think many of us um, are not aware um, of of these contours and variables. Um, so so that level of 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 analysis, deep dives into Asian American space is is sorely needed. So but um, we also need to move on this second track, which I think you're referring to, uh, which is to figure out uh, constructive solutions um, to many of these issues. And um, um, to some extent, um, you know, a number of Asian American um, um, thinkers, a um, number of Asian American scholars have been talking a, a great deal about um, the importance of um, of getting involved in um, immigration policy, in um, issues of income disparity, um, uh, things of that sort, and I am one hundred percent, one hundred ten percent, maybe even um, on that um, on that um, trajectory. However, um, I, I want to add that if 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 we are to be more mindful of, um, issues of public policy, that's all o- that, that's going to require Asian Americans to be more activist oriented. And I think to some extent that conversation is, um, is, is still uh, lagging a little bit, um, particularly at the level of Asian American churches, um, And and the reason why I want to emphasize the importance of Asian American churches reimagining themselves as, um, if you will, activist churches is because um, Asian Americans, um, well, let me put it this way, close to 50% of Asian Americans, um, at least with respect to Christianity, identify as Christians, right? Um, This is a resource that, I think the Asian American community has not really um, tapped into, um, or even you know, just generally speaking, have not tapped into. But, but Asian American churches can only be um, a, an activist church if Asian American churches start to reimagine themselves in that way. Right? Um, and this is not something that many Asian American Christians, and particularly Asian American churches, have been um, um, are, are used to doing um, um, for for a variety of reasons, but um, particularly for those Asian American churches that service primarily immigrant um, communities, you know they they've been they function more as as community centers, if you will, um, and not necessarily as um, sites for um, social advocacy for advocacy of um, for promoting um, social justice issues. But now that I think more and more Asian Americans are aware that, or or realize that they need to pay more attention to these issues, um, questions of immigration and, and economic policy and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I think there is an opening for particularly those in the Asian American Christian communities to, to think about um, the churches uh, to which we belong as not just, um, places of worship or places of, of, um, communal, um, um solidarity, but as places where, um, we in fact, um, um, utilize the church as, um, ways of getting Asian Americans, um, active in, in American politics. Um, and it's so long as Asian Americans are, are not active in American politics, um, Asian Americans will continue to be ignored. Um, and that's that's really the key. How do we get Asian Americans engaged? It's just not good enough, um, as far as I'm concerned, for us to now be aware of the issues. But we now need to be um, we need we need to participate and um, and and to be to be activists. I mean, that's that's really the only word that I can think of. We need to be um, we need to be social activists and political activists. And um, the church, our churches, need to be at the forefront of that because that is for so many of us the primary site of our, of our, um, social and personal lives.
1: I really like that suggestion and i will turn it to Kirk because he probably knows a lot about the role of the church, um, in promoting, uh, health equity for African American populations. And
3: Oh yeah, no, this is, yeah. And, and this is where, uh, you know, and knowing Kirk's work in, uh, with the black church, you know, this is where I think Asian American, um, Christians have, um, a lot to learn from, from the black church. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Kirk, and you correct me, but you know, the civil rights movement would not have been what it was without the black church. Right. And, and, oh, yeah, and absolutely. Um, if we are talking about um, justice um, uh, more inclusion, um, we're, if we're talking about um, you know, being counted as equal citizens, uh, we meaning Asian Americans, Um, yeah, I think, I think Asian American churches have to be at the forefront of this. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt (laughs) y'all. No, 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 that's perfectly
2: fine. And it's actually connected to, um, well, with religion and health, uh, usually religion and health are two or to be understood as two separate entities, but actually, no, they're very much uh, interconnected in many ways. And I know you mentioned education, you mentioned advocacy, you mentioned uh, protests and many other uh, foundational aspects of the black church uh, that uh, I know that you will like more within uh, the AAPI or Asians and a specific islander community. How can religion be promoted uh, within the AAPI uh, religious settings in regarding health equity? Right, because of course, uh, the church um, or just the body or the mechanism is not just a spiritual element, um, it's also a political element, of course, in the history of the black church, but also it is rooted within health equity. There are many churches that, um, in the past, uh, since The civil rights movement actually have created health ministries and have particular members who are doctors or nurses or um, social workers or individuals that work within the healthcare field that creates programs for their uh, individual community or their church um, or mosque or synagogue or temple or whatever particular spiritual setting in order to have holistic learning, right? And holistic elements of the mind the body, as well as the spirit. So um, how can religion be promoted, you think, within uh, the AAPI community, specifically uh, promoting health equity?
3: Yeah. So, um, and and again, um, you know, my comments are going to be focused primarily on um, the Asian American AAPI Christian community, um, which I know best. Um, and, but you know, we have to recognize that Um, you know, the Asian American community is not just Christian, um, you know, especially with um, the growth of of South Asian Americans, um, um, increasingly um, Hindu and and Muslim um, Asian Americans. But I'm just going to, um, you know, um, when I talk about Asian American religion, I'm just going to focus primarily on on Christianity, because that's uh, something I know um, um, that I know that best. Um, But that comes back to um, my point. Um, Kirk, your, your question comes back to my point um, that I had mentioned earlier about um, Asian American Christian churches, um, the need for them to reimagine um, um, themselves as church. Um, and um, that reimagining um, requires um, thinking about church as more than simply a place of, of worship and a place in which um, other Asian Americans um, can feel a sense of belonging. Um, it, it has to reimagine itself as um, a place where um, uh, uh, services. Well, this is going to sound, I think, a little cheesy, but where where services can be provided uh, for uh, the 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 uplift of the community, right? So, when it comes to um, um, when it comes to health equity. Uh, I think there ha- you know, Asian American churches can play a role in promoting health equity um, if if they're willing to, to expand um, their vision of what church is for. Right. Um, and you know, and to some extent, um, you know, that does require, I think, um, thinking about um, um, our, uh, members in a slightly different way. And, and what I mean by this, uh, what I mean by that is this, you know, um, there, there is a phenomenon, um, in, in Asian American churches. I, I would say this is just a phenomenon in, in, in Asian American, um, um, households, right. Um, uh, immigrant families come to the United States, um, uh, hoping that their children, um, um, Turn into successful professionals, right? And um, although this is not the case for all Asian American families, I mean, but certainly, you know, some Asian American families have um, have you know their children have become you know uh, successful professionals, uh, doctors, and and so forth. But but the but the dynamic is always um, once if if your children are successful, they they leave. Right. So it's this idea that, um, you know, the idea that, that your children come back to the church is not a, 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 a common phenomenon. I think to some extent, um, Asian American churches can be more, um, it, it can reimagine itself in promoting a great, you know, all sorts of questions of, of, of social justice, you know, including health equity. If if we get out of this mentality of right, um, the Asian American church is primarily for for immigrants, and then you know when your children are you know if they if they quote unquote make it you know they leave right it, it shouldn't be somewhere that you leave it should be it should be somewhere you know this is it's it's a it's a part of how we define ourselves. Um, um, I, I think there is this sense that, um, for a lot of, particularly second generation, if not third generation, Asian Americans, um, the Asian American church is, is is something that you sort of separate yourself from once you know you've you've established yourself. Um, but but at any rate, you know this is just um, you know one, I think this has to be part of a larger conversation about how we reimagine um, Asian American. Um churches. Um, the role that churches can play um, in in promoting uh, social justice and health equity just won't be possible unless we reimagine it. And, and and it has to be reimagined. You know the number of Asian American churches that are in um, that are in underserved communities is real. Um, again, I, I'm most familiar with Asian American churches in in the New York City um, um, region um, in in queens and and in Brooklyn. Um, because that's just where I'm from. But you would be, it's amazing to see the number of Asian American churches that, you know, storefront churches, if I can put it that way, right? Um, nestled into um, communities that are underserved in so many different ways. Um, and the potential for those churches to be able to um, serve as, as important conduits for um, services that those communities need um, is, is there, um, but uh, so long as Asian Americans think of it as something to leave, something to you know, as something that's of their past, and now I'm speaking again specifically to second and third generation Asian Americans, then the you know I think um, the reimagining of Asian American churches will be um, will be more difficult.
0: Thank you for listening to another great conversation on bioethics in the margins. This podcast is hosted by Amelia Barwise and Kirk Johnson. Our producer is Elizabeth Chung. Our editor is Nicole Strand. Our theme music was written and produced by Pablo Cuartas. And we are grateful for the assistance of Wendy Jiang and Benjamin Foster. Join us again next time.